The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to St. Matthew. Glory be to thee, O Lord. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain, and after he sat down, his disciples came to him. Then he began to speak and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. The gospel of the Lord. Praise be to thee, O Christ. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, this morning we come to the Beatitudes, which are the statements, Christ's statements, right at the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount. And they're some of his most famous, some of his most well-known, but also some of his most misunderstood. Now, the key to understanding the Beatitudes, these blessed are dot, 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 is uh, that they're not exhortations in disguise. They are not commands for us to try real hard to be meeker or poorer or purer in order that we might be blessed. Uh, they're, not, um, they're, they're, they're not prescriptive, but descriptive. They are pronouncements of a set of values that adds up to saintliness, which is appropriate on this All Saints Day. But as such, as the sum of saintliness, they are pretty much the polar opposite of what the world values, both then and now. Upside down is one uh, way to characterize this code, this, this code of uh, pronouncements. But you'll also note that they are present tense. Blessed are, not blessed shall be, which means, believe it or not, that we despite all that we see around us, are living, according to this code, in a time of extraordinary blessing. Now, that's a strange thing to say, and one that perhaps only makes sense if we translate Christ's pronouncements into contemporary language, and that's what I'm going to try to do this morning, and I've done it with some help of some friends. I'm going to do it for the first five. First up, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Let's translate that as... Blessed are those whose lives don't add up, who wonder if they misread the signs somewhere along the way and feel left behind or trapped, for they will be freed and found without reference to their merits. Blessed are those whose certainties have been stripped away by life, renewing their confusion, which is, after all, the mother of humility and curiosity. Blessed are the humble and the humiliated, for they have been relieved of the awful burden of self-righteousness, which is the great enemy of love. 
Blessed are the heartbroken and the discouraged, for cracks are where the light gets in. Next, we come to blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. How does this sound? Blessed are those for whom death is not an abstraction or a metaphor, for they have been returned to reality, which is the dwelling place of God. Blessed are not those who've been cordoned off from disease and decay, for they cannot know the gratitude of being alive. Blessed are those who have buried their loved ones, whose tears could fill an ocean, for they have loved deeply. And blessed are those who still aren't over it and can't seem to move on from whatever loss haunts them, despite knowing they should. For they will not look to themselves for consolation. Then we come to blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those that no one else notices. The kid who sits alone at the middle school lunch table. The delivery guy who refuses to make eye contact. The senior citizen who hasn't been able to receive a visitor for months. Blessed are they, for they are seen by God and his gaze restores dignity and stature where it has fallen apart. Yet blessed are not the arrogant, for theirs is the kingdom of their own company and the sentence of loneliness. Blessed are men and women who never catch a break, the ones for whom life feels like an ordeal, for Jesus himself chose to surround himself with people like these. Blessed are those whose fears and anxieties exceed the reach of their coping mechanisms, for only those in need of help will be helped. Then there's blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. We'll translate that as blessed are those who yearn for the world to be put to rights, who suffer intensely the discord that surrounds us, but still hope for some kind of solution, political or otherwise, for that yearning is a form of faith. Blessed are not the ones who are righteous now, but the ones who hope they will be someday, for they are well aware that the distance they still have to go is even greater than the distance they've already come. Blessed are those who've been cursed out and canceled maybe for good reason and of their own doing, for they will be quick to listen and slow to judge the next time. And lastly, there's blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. How does this sound? Blessed are those who do not insist on getting what they deserve, otherwise they just might get it. Blessed are not the spouses who hold grudges and the siblings who condemn their sister for not making better choices because there but for the grace of God go they and may yet still go. And yet blessed are the forgivers because as St. Dolly Parton tells us at the end of the day, what else is there? Finally, blessed are they who hear that they are forgiven for they have nothing left to hide. Let me give you an example of how this upside-down set of saintly values works out in person, and then I'm finished. The example is of a man who tried to buy a train ticket one day about eight years ago. 
He went to the website for the railway, and after selecting his destination from a drop-down menu, he entered the payment information and clicked the purchase button. So far, so good. But that's when something unusual happened. A window popped up saying that the transaction could not be completed because the purchaser had been placed on the quote-unquote untrustworthy list by the court. Now, this man's name was Lao Don, and at the time he was a 42-year-old co-worker living in the Shangxi province of China. A few years prior, around 2013, the Chinese government introduced its new social credit system in which instead of relying solely on financial history to issue a credit score, this new system also considered the sorts of things you buy and how you treat your neighbors when giving you that score. Apparently, internet activity will also be factored in at some point. Now, Lao Don had accrued sizable debts when the market for coal collapsed a few years earlier, but this was the first he'd heard of any list. He soon found out that all of his credit cards had been frozen as a result. And then driving through the center of town a few days later, he spied a large electronic billboard with his face and name on it, bearing the slogan under the heading, This man is untrustworthy. It then scrolled to the next name and face. He became captivated by the sign, and he'd go back and watch it to figure out who the other untrustworthies were. And one day, while watching the sign scroll through, a face popped up of someone he knew who happened to be a fellow co-worker. As the weeks went by, more and more former colleagues appeared on that list. And so Lau did something unexpected. He decided to call up a few of his fellow untrustworthies and invite them out for dinner. Soon, friendships would blossom. And speaking to an NPR reporter a few years ago, Lau claimed that these were the only people he felt relaxed around. Everyone else in society would scoff at them for being on the list, resenting seeing their smiling faces at restaurants that they thought should be reserved for responsible citizens only. And yet, they were filled with joy being in one another's presence. Where the list caused the trustworthy to separate themselves from others, it brought the untrustworthies together in what can only be called fellowship. We know this to be true, that success breeds competition and it breeds burnout. But failure of this sort bred camaraderie and even love. Now, that is the kind of upside-down, topsy-turvy saintliness that Jesus describes in the Beatitudes. And it is good news for you and me, who, if we're being completely honest, if our behavior and internet history were made public, might also belong on that untrustworthy list. But you see, the Beatitudes are ultimately more about God and God's activity than human worthiness or response. Because if they are descriptive of any actual saint, that saint is Jesus Christ. This Jesus who mourned, who cried at the tomb of his friend, who was meek, who turned the other cheek, who, who was a peacemaker, who forgave those who hung him on a cross. Jesus Christ, in other words, was and is is God's beatitude, God's blessing to the weak in a world that admires only the strong 
which means he is God's blessing to you right here, right now. Happy All Saints Day. Amen.